Blogcast is the official podcast of Burgundy Blog. On the Redskins, for the truth. This is the Burgundy Blogcast with the man from Burgundy Blog, Brent. And I am merely Hayes. Now, it was a primetime game for the Redskins. That always makes Brent nervous. But at the end, it was a 27-10 victory that in the box score looked like it was even more of a blowout. Brent, I cannot wait to hear your one-word description for this Redskins win. Sexual. (laughs) I always like it when you get a little... uh, I feel like you've done arousing maybe in the past. I like it when you toe the line of family friendly with your one word descriptions. Hey, but uh, I wish, keep keep I, going. I, I, I don't want to get in your way. I wish I could just reach across the cellular space between stop. us and kiss stop. you on the mouth. I, now I am going to stop you. Um, where do we begin with how good the Redskins looked? Again, it was 27-10. I think at one point the, the broadcasting team said it could have been 50 to nothing. It definitely could have been a shutout. Do you want to talk offense or defense first? I'll let you pick. Defense. I know you're in such, Let's talk defense. Uh, could have been a shutout. They're back there talking to um, Jamison Crowder and uh, whoever else, Piran, whoever P-Ron. else put the ball on the deck because they basically pitched a shutout. I believe actually at the very end – Oakland probably went over 100 yards for the game with that garbage final drive that went nowhere. But uh, who had the better game? The the defensive secondary that looks really, really strong right now for Washington, one of the best in the league from what I saw today, or that defensive front that sort of played uh, above above what? All of it. Um, it, it it's, <laughs> it's a well-oiled machine right now. They, they're just feeding off each other. I don't know if it really – I mean, it kind of makes you buy into the whole DJ Swearinger thing, unifying – all yeah. three levels of the defense, but they are, they're just, they were like so in sync. I mean, you really, you really can't, it just was like such a nice looking unit. I mean, the, 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 the front for sure generating a ton of pressure. I think, um, I think four sacks, maybe they added a fifth later, but pressure all night. The Too the, early. Yeah. The yep, linebackers yep. just swarming. Zach Brown is just a fun to watch. Child. Yep. And then, and then the, the, the secondary is just like suddenly, uh, just, just like I- imposing their will. I mean, I, they're Bre- swaggerlicious. Oh my the, gosh! The- Breland's, Breland's able to pre- play more press now, which, which he bet you know just suits him and it's working. I mean, Breland looks like a, a new guy, and um, Norman is himself, and Swearinger, and, and I mean, give me a break. The the rookie Nicholson. Nicholson, like, yeah. They just they've become opportunistic and confident, and it's swaggerlicious, like you said. It was so beautiful. I mean, they didn't. You're talking about a good, good offense, possibly a really good offense that they faced, and they didn't just beat them. They just suffocated them. They just sucked the life right out of them. It was like they made them look like JV. Just um, oh my gosh. Those secondary guys right now, each one of them seems like an individual badass. I mean, they've almost right. got that that Seahawks quality from a couple of years ago when, like, man, Richard Sherman was just a badass. And Cam, uh, uh, whatever, yeah, every one of their guys seemed like individually a badass. And now it's like you look and you're like, which dude do I want to throw at? I mean, I don't think they threw at Norman all night. Breedlin yeah. looks like. You know, he's one step away from being, you know, one year away from being Josh Norman level. You know what I mean? Just looks uh, a much more accomplished guy in his second year. And then 
Uh, Swearinger, you know, obviously you were hoping he was going to be this. And, and then Nicholson starting off the game with the, with the pick. And then that just sort of set the tone. So, um, I, you know, obviously we are all in right now on this defense. What, if anything, would lead you to believe that they, you know, th- this won't happen the rest of the year? I mean, were, were there any bad signs on defense? Or do you just say, I don't know. I mean, not for it's going to be the best. We might not play this well every time, but it's still a very good defense. It was all cylinders tonight. It would be ridiculous for me to pick on anything. They were, I, I, I don't, I, I came up with a minute left. Did they convert like a third? Because um, Oakland was 0 for 11 on third downs, which, you know, we've been talking about for years. Obviously, everyone knows is, is, the, the you know key weakness of this Redskins defense was just breaking on third down and, and they literally shut them out on third down for the entire game uh there's nothing there's no how could I how could I pick on anything they are they going to be like this again I, I don't I don't I, I expect that this will you know the season will end with this having been their best game because it was damn near perfect I mean it right was, it was a no hitter but the idea that they're even capable of this and again not just against some schmuck team but under the lights against the Raiders is is just is incredibly impressive. I'm completely surprised. I won't pretend like I thought they even were capable of it. It's far better than I thought was even, you know, in their bag. And and so the idea that they can there that they can you know dig deep and possibly deliver that on a given night is, uh, you know, just so encouraging to the team to know that the defense might be able to carry them at at you know at uh, various points. I it's exhilarating. I mean, just so awesome. Fun to watch. One thing I will say about Derek Carr, I don't get to see as much of him as usual. AFC West Coast team, you know, I don't, I don't see him all the time. One thing he's got on Aaron Rodgers, even, uh, you know, he didn't look great tonight, but Derek Carr just has absolutely beautiful eyes. I mean, they're <laughs> just magnificent, even better than Rodgers' eyes, and so he's got that going for him, regardless of uh, how he looked tonight. But he is kind yeah, of seductive. Well, um, he, he looked a little confused at times, but I was lost in his eyes many times. Uh, let's switch over to the offense, which was not quite as perfect, but, uh, also did a lot, a lot, a lot of good things. My man, Kirk Cousins seemed to pick, pick up right where he left off with the final drive of the last game that you seem so willing to overlook and only mm. see everything that happened leading up to. And, uh, Again, talk about p- pitching a perfect game. He was pretty close to it tonight, right? Started, oh my gosh. started out eight for eight or something like that, and uh, yep, you know, and and part of it was we'll talk about this some that you know I thought the the unit that had maybe the worst game was the offensive line, which almost even uh, made it even better what Cousins was doing in the first half because a couple times he was under pressure making throws. They um, weren't perfect. They weren't perfect, but it would be. I mean, they were good. They were fine. They yeah, were no, good. no, no. They were very good. It was just everybody else was yeah. so good. They were the only unit that that maybe wasn't absolutely perfect. They were so. plenty good. There was a lot of plays. He had a ton of time, and he and he took advantage of those. Um, Cuz was just on fire pretty much. I mean, I, I've been, you know, as obviously a guy who was like leading the rallying cry for him to get signed all, uh, all, all season. I was kind of, you know, starting to second guess myself with a little, a little bit with as bad as he looked in the first two, but for as much as I criticized him after last week, um, I mean, he was lights out tonight, 25 of 30, I think for 365, three touchdowns, no interceptions, really didn't come close to uh, turning the ball over. Not nothing even in the, in the realm of a, uh, in the neighborhood of a cuz bone, nothing of sort, no bones. Yeah, I saw no cuz bones. Uh, you know, he he just looked great. He was throwing in rhythm. He's not even, you know, 
uh, we'll, we'll get to it, but you know, the bomb, the, the bomb jump ball to Doxon was just like, I, I almost like floated up out of my body on that one. Um, he was, you know, he was hitting guys in stride. He was on, he was, you know, if there's one thing, maybe he, he's still, he's definitely not out of his habit of, of throwing off his back foot. And, and tonight he did it two or three times, but like, they were good passes. Like he was gambling yep. and, and, you know, like trusting himself. And I mean, I don't know, you can only beat him up so hard when it's like, they were on, like he had a couple drops under the, under that, under those circumstances. But, uh, he just, he, unlike the first two nights where it's kind of looked like in the first two games where where he showed up and it just like he just wasn't comfortable even when he had time. Tonight was the complete opposite. It looked like even when he was under pressure, he knew what he was doing. Yep. He felt completely comfy. And um, I mean, that was one of my notes, cuz comfy. It was like <laughs> it just it just looked like it was like tonight. I don't know. His wife is is like was supposed to have a baby three days ago. I, I was worried that the, that the cuz jitters would ramp up a notch, and it was like the opposite. He was tranquil. He was like super zen. I I don't even. It was it was just. Mm. I don't know. He was on point. Maybe he's on muscle relaxers or something like that. Could be. Um, some some mood suppressors. Uh, did you see anything? We're not scheme heavy uh, on this podcast. You slightly more so than I. But did you see anything particular that was mixed up in the game plan that that, that would have led to Cousins having such a you know? I mean, it really was. It was almost night and day compared to you know his first half of of. Uh, of yeah. last game. Did yeah. you see anything specifically? I, I mean, I'm going to have Especially to, with Jordan Reed out, you know? Yeah, this is one where I'm definitely going to go back and, and and watch it again. So I'll, I'll come up with more later in the week. But, um, yeah, I mean, Reed out, starting running back Kelly out, and then uh, – and Pryor just continuing to not really click with Cousins. Pryor, who was yep. supposed to be the, you know, the, the dominant – um, number one receiver. And so he made all this happen with Pryor being a total bit player. And so I don't even, you know, and the running game, which they really stuck to. In fact, they ended up, I think, with more runs than passes, which is so yep. beautiful. But, um, you know, it wasn't like churning off huge chunks. I mean, it's nope, like, nope. I'm kind of baffled and amazed, but impressed that Gruden really stuck with it. I mean, he went for volume, but it was like it wasn't getting blown up. You know, that's the beauty of it. It's like a big difference when your runs are, are only getting you one and two. But like he was getting a lot of th- three and four yard runs out of P. Ryan even at first and then later Mac Brown on first down and it's like when you do that it's just enough that's working it's putting you in second and manageable third and short and um you know so he was able to trust it and keep doing it i so i don't i don't really you know last week it was like so obvious they went and they're like we're just gonna run the freaking ball down the rams throats and tonight it was like you know it kind of seemed like he, he just he he planned on being balanced and he was able to do it there were a lot of plays um you know, I, I, I mean, I, uh, specific examples elude me, but like he would he would call he, he called uh, several screens right into exactly the right um, pressure from the right place. Like yep. he, he, Gruden's play calling was on tonight. It was like everything was just hitting. It seemed like guys were right where they were supposed to be. So uh, kudos to him. Very, very pleased with that. You could see his face. He knew he was having a good oh, game, too. Oh, he was too. feeling himself. <laughs> he was, oh he's God. having I so much fun. Like, he's probably at the podium right now, so I'll have to watch the presser later. But this is going to be one of those where he's, like, smiling and calm. <laughs> oh, my. He's going to be, like, joking around with the with the beat guys. Oh, my gosh. I, I look forward to seeing that. Um, but let's talk about the guys who were catching some of the passes because there's storylines we've talked about before, and there were some twists in this game. And I do think that's one of the biggest step backs for Cousins this year. Last year, he was throwing two. Um, Deshaun Jackson over the top and Pierre Garçon uh, a lot. And this year that's Terrell Pryor and um, Jameson Crowder. It's just right. a different set of guys. The one uh, one area we've, we've watched a lot is Ryan Grant 
versus uh, Dotson. And yep. we saw a little bit of both tonight. We saw Ryan Grant doing Ryan Grant things, right. which was being very reliable. Which I'm and starting to really appreciate. Appreciate. No, no, when you're asked to run that route and make a 12-yard catch when we need a 12-yard catch, yep. you know, Ryan Grant was doing that tonight. But then we did saw the explosive playability of Dotson as maybe somebody who could come do the things that uh, – Deshaun Jackson right, did so last year, and he Doxon, did one of those. Go like, for it. The thing about Doxon, who's been just incredibly frustrating for all Redskins fans since the day he was drafted, is that that play, I mean, it was really, did he have any even any other catches? Maybe like one? Other no, I, th- I, think, I think it, it might have been his that. only catch. Okay, so that play, he did like 29 times at TCU. Like, that is the exact thing that he does. That is why, you know, it, it, it's like go deep. And and have amazing like elevate and then show off you know uh, ball skills that no one else has and just come down with stuff and that like that's exactly what he did. Cousins just launched it up. He didn't even really have separation. He just made a ridiculous play and then kind of beasted into the end zone. It was exactly why they drafted him. And I think I mean I just have this feeling like obviously the fans are going nuts. I definitely was when it happened. But like that play must have lifted that team like nothing else. I mean, the guy's just been struggling and struggling and struggling to make an impact. And for him to do that and just basically do his Josh Doxson thing, I think I I suspect we're going to hear a lot of quotes about them just being really happy that that he was able to break through. And I think that that was probably a moment where the team was just like, Okay, dude, we're here tonight. Like we're ready to we're we're ready to dance. And um, you know, at that point it was was twenty one nothing when that happened. Uh, maybe that may have made it twenty one nothing. Yeah, it was right. It was right right at, right in the beginning of the, of the second half. And I mean, it was just like like we're yep, here. Yep. We're, we're, like we we don't actually intend to do the old Redskins thing and choke this two this two score lead away. We're actually going to kind of try and dominate here a little bit. And then you know, aside from the two fumbles, which which completely <laughs> changed the complexion of the game, like they, they actually did, like. The defense definitely dominated the game. I mean, it's just – I think that play was so huge for the game and possibly for the season if they're able to keep the momentum. All right, it was huge, but uh, you cannot tell me that after at least one of those two fumbles – I'll get my scenario mixed up here. And then when the Redskins were backed up with a – I believe it was third and 19 and still a lot of oh time on the gosh. clock, that you weren't getting a little worried that they were about to have a yeah. Redskins – uh, in primetime, like meltdown, right. uh, before Chris Thompson, who has really been the the offensive MVP of the season so far, uh, and he'd already had a, a you know a great game, to, or, you know a solid game to this point, came with with basically a game saving play to not let momentum completely flip uh, away from them. Uh, how do you evaluate his performance? And I'll hit you with the same question I hit you with last week, even though I don't think the answer has changed. But when you see so many good things for him, the only thing I ask is. Should they use him more? Um, and again, I, I kind of hint that the answer may not be no. They're using him perfectly. Mm-hmm. But when he makes so many good plays, the question is, does he need more touches? Chris Thompson is on perpetual turbo right now. Every time mm-hmm. he gets the ball, you expect a, a touchdown. I think he's he, – I mean, he, was that – he's he, even even that long play aside on which he didn't score because he, he actually ran out of gas. But right, right, right. early touchdown, I think that's his fourth touchdown in three games. Yep. He, even, he's carrying them. He's, he's, like, he's basically the most important player on the team right now, which is – amazing i mean we knew he was good but he's vastly over uh, you know he's, he's overachieving uh even with respect to already pretty high expectations i don't know how you know so this will be the narrative all week what do you do especially you know kelly missed tonight with an injury p ryan i'm i'm a little concerned that they're gonna say he has a broken arm or something you know because like yeah. on that fumble he took a helmet to yeah whatever. he got blown up he, he that was not better. a yeah he got he, blown up he, that doesn't look good so I, I i got a feeling he might miss some time not that he was like 
setting the world on fire. But I, I like him more than some people. Everyone's going to say this week, like, okay, now Mac Brown should be the new running back because P. Ryan sucks. I, I do. I do not think P. Ryan sucks. I think he'll be a good player. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm following what you're saying. Like, I don't know whatever role he's in right now is perfection. So like, yeah, I don't really, I mean, I kind of was on Twitter this week saying, give him the ball more. And I mean, I'm not going to complain if they do, but they have, they have found like they, they are in the perfect zone for his level of involvement because he is so insanely efficient right now. His yards, yards per touch is like, you know, in the teens. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's like he, every time he touches the ball, something sweet happens right now. Just, I would be like, don't rock the boat. Give Mac Brown some carries. He looks like he might be up to right. it. Go sign some, you know, whatever your first planned veteran street free agent is to like, you know, cover your bases in case there's another injury and just let Chris Thompson keep doing his thing right now. He is totally in fuego. Yep. Um, I agree. Don't mess with the good thing. But uh, how, I mean, I would have liked to have been with you to see the knot in your stomach before that play right. and then the, the yeah, elation yeah, after no, I mean, it. I mean, the, the fact that that happened it, on third and 19 was, it just felt like the game was also slipping. Yeah, like yeah. If, if they gave it again, I can't remember the exact time and score, but it just felt like if they punted and the Raiders scored, yeah, think, it was uh, going to be I a whole were, lot of yeah, lemon they, they, booty they had, for the Redskins. They had scored, you know, initially the, the, um, their touchdown and then their field goal. I think they had 10 points at that point. So it, yeah, it maybe 21, 10. Yeah, yeah, it, was, yeah. it definitely felt like, you know, you're punting from, you know, you're on, out of your own end zone. You're like, this, this could definitely swing the whole thing. I mean, that play, he is, he's, he's been all the offense and, um, and he's just been so clutch, you know, and, and that play just to stem that, that little swing back in momentum. I mean, what a hero. Yeah. Hey, I got a couple things not game specific that I want to hit to close out, but I want to leave it open for you. Anything else specifically on the game that you want to talk about? Game notes or game decisions? Uh, not many criticisms, obviously, to throw out, but anybody no, else that I mean, you wanted so, to highlight? So many guys had good games. I'll, I'll tweet out a picture of my notes later, something like that. Um, yeah, we really hit. We really hit most of the of the individual stuff. I mean, Crowder. It's his second muff punt in three games. In is it? I was going to ask yeah. about that because I was going to say the two turnovers. One, like we talked about, Piran got blown up pretty good by a helmet. That doesn't look like fumbleitis. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually punch. not. Yeah, on that on that particular. Play, I don't. As I'm saying, I don't worry about great, that at all. I mean, I'm pretty sure he took a, a helmet to the wrist right there. It's yeah. kind of like, what are you going to do? No, um, I don't worry about that. And I was going to say I don't worry about Crowder because he doesn't seem like a guy who would do I that do much. Either, but, but if he's if, if he's muffed too, that's. I think if it happens again, and and not you know you hate to like just be hasty because he was really, really good at punt returns last year. And I think he, you know, should, you know, he's perfectly capable of continuing to be good. He had a great average last year. I would worry if it happened again, even if it was sort of just um, a random outlier collection of events that after three in a short period, it might start getting in his head. It's in your head. It might need a break. Um, Yeah. I I probably wouldn't pull him just yet, but that was, I guess maybe one concern. I, I mean, I don't, yeah. I mean, um, I'll tweet some of this stuff out later, but boy, Monte Nicholson, we should, we should hit on Nicholson. So he's a rookie and uh, oh, yeah. he's a fourth round draft pick who everyone, I mean, universally, this, this pick was decried as the one, as the worst pick in the Redskins draft and the one that made no sense. Everybody said he was a, re- a reach because, you know, all the, all the draft experts thought he was like a third day guy. And well, I mean, I guess he was early third day, but he, he was, he was projected to go much later. And there was all this stuff on him. Like, yeah, he's, he's fast, but he was so, sort of one of these, like, looks like Tarzan plays like Jane's Jane kind of guys <laughs> who, you know, can't hit. And, you know, uh, somebody said that um, like one of the big um, 
reports on him was like he'll have the cleanest jersey on the on the team after the game's over. And so meanwhile, the guy comes in. He's just like a badass. He's laying wood. He had this sweet interception on the first on cars. I think it was his first pass. Right. Totally. You know, just, yeah. just like stole the momentum, got them going. They scored a touchdown immediately. And all of a sudden they're not the same old Redskins who, who start slowly. I mean, that that play was a tone setter. He was awesome the whole game. He's got great range. And so now, I mean, I bring him up, especially in, in the context of the Sue Craven situation. So Cravens is a guy that all the fans were so high on. Second round draft pick last year, supposed to be the safety of the future. And whoa, hello, Monte Nicholson might actually be the guy that we were hoping Sue Cravens was going to become. I think he's going to make Cravens an afterthought quickly if this continues. I mean, I'm not jumping to the conclusion to say he's going to be a rookie pro bowler, but he looks legit. And so all of a sudden the, the Cravens, you know, weirdo retirement thing is like back burner. Um, that, that is just super exciting because he really, um, really completes the secondary. Yeah. The, uh, the pick he made was a little bit underthrown. One of the greatest pass anyway, but he still right. made a great play on it and yep. looked good doing so. Several uh, other good plays throughout the game. Since you put us there, I want to go ahead and transition away from tonight's game specifically and talk about Sua Cravens. I'm going to toot the Burgundy blog horn and say that you had the report half ago that you thought Cravens or, or were getting some information that would indicate that Cravens might not play again this year for the Redskins. Not long after you put that out, one of the big uh, NFL national guys, I think it was Rappaport, said that he might play this week and was visiting the Redskins and all this other stuff. Now, you are not in the business of breaking news. I know that you do not try to do that. Your clicks do not depend on fast news being broken. It depends on solid analysis and great personality of the people that you podcast with. However, um, I also know that you don't like to just throw things out there and that you like to be right about things. If you do put them out and put your name on them, tell me what you want to about. Uh, I know you had to be feeling yourself a little bit when it played out the way you, uh, you indicated, but tell me, tell me what you can about what you knew about this situation and maybe a little bit of how fun it was this week. With everybody saying, "Hey, didn't uh, didn't our guy Burgundy Blog have this?" Yeah, I I liked it. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So I mean, I I try to. I've had a couple little things here and there. I'm not. You're right. I'm not a reporter. I'm not some investigator. I'm not. I don't have like super close connections. I have. I've had over the course of my blogging um, career here a, a few sort of random um, interactions with people that have like tipped me off to things coming. And then I yeah, I, I was pretty sure that this was gonna come, and it happened pretty much the way I thought. And so a lot of people. Well, first of all, like I can only, you know, brush my own shoulder off so much. Like when, when, when the whole thing started, like when he said he was going to retire and then they had to talk him out of it and then he went on this list for a month. It's not like it was likely he was going to come back and make an impact. Sure, I mean, sure, you know, sure. He most was, people he assumed was... there was a high chance he wasn't going to play again. So it's not like I was going out on the thinnest limb ever. But, yeah, I had heard some stuff. And, and the thing is, a lot of people thought that. I had heard like from him or somebody in his pocket, like, what, what his mindset <laughs> yes. was, but that's not really true. Cause you know, as it, as it happened, it was like, I was kind of aware that there was a mutual um, uh, plan here that, that this was not likely to come together. So anyway, whatever it, it, it went that way. And, and yeah, I mean, the poor Rappaport does not have the highest reputation among Redskins fans right now. He's been, he said some pretty huge swings and misses on Redskins stuff in the last year or so. And so he says that Cravens is coming back. And a lot of people are, are calling me an idiot. Uh, but he, yeah, he, I don't know what that was. He, he may have been right that Cravens was intending on like actually physically showing up um, last week. But uh, yeah, the idea that he was, that, that, that the, the time away was ending was um, never uh, really accurate. So, 
So are you boys with Craven or his agent? <laughs> who, who, who are you getting the scoop from? Come on, just, man. I, just, I, I play the game. Just peeps, man. Just just people sliding up into my DMs. The best part is uh, the be the best role of the blogger is around here in these parts. You know, I'm in North Carolina and you'll get school news. The best news for a blogger to pick up is that piece of juicy information that a newspaper reporter kind of is vetted out, but doesn't have quite fully. Can't, but they can't they, run they, with it. Yeah. They, yeah. Th those are some of the best ones. And then you always, then you got to trust. You're like, am I carrying the water for this newspaper guy? And he's going to come and scoop in and call it his report. Well, my best one turns is, out right. you know, but we weren't podcasting back when, um, when I found out the day before Jay Gruden was announced as the Redskins new coach, that he was in fact going to be hired. And, and that was because um, that was after I got tweets from the like JV basketball coach of his son in Cincinnati um, who said, you know, my, my dad's going to be the Redskins next coach. And so, you know, Twitter is just the coolest friggin' thing. So I had, I, I was, I was pretty locked in on that one about a day before, you know, the, the actual media had it, but uh, that stuff's just fun. I mean, that's not what I do. I'm just a guy. I'm just a fan. I just kind of try to keep my eyes open. I read about the Redskins way, way too much. And so, you know, when you, when you, when you're that obsessive about a, a hobby, you know, things, things show up and, you know, people, people reach out to me too. You know, people know that I like to hear that stuff. So I'll, I'll get, I'll get total, you know, just followers and occasionally people that I've interacted with before. And sometimes just straight rando say like, dude, I know something that you might want to know right now. And so then, then I always have to decide, okay, am I just going to yeah. retweet this guy yep. who, who has, you know, no credibility, but you know, I'm always pretty careful, at least the best I can, to like vet it a little bit and say, like, I, when I throw stuff out there, I say, look, usually I'm saying, I am not positive about this, but I looked into it a little bit and I'm fully believing it. So you guys take it for what it's worth. And you know, usually at that point, uh, it ends up being it ends up being legit. Yep. So was it? So cousins was telling you about Cravens? <laughs> was it cousins or like no? Like who are you talking to? That would on. be a pretty good one. <laughs> If cousins hit you up like, "Hey man, I gotta gotta get some news out about Cravens here," man. <laughs> um, and me, you're like, "Well, we, what about your contract?" And oh, we'll talk about that later. Let me tell you some Cravens news. <laughs> um, secondly, did you see the? I don't even know what night they did it. I saw it like a repeat, but the Jimmy Fallon piece making fun of Redskins players. I saw that it happened. Actually, I didn't click on it. I didn't. I didn't see it. Oh, I was going to ask what, what you thought of them. Um, I'm trying to think of some of my favorites. They actually, I, I thought they were kind of weak. Sometimes I've seen some funny ones, but for entertainment purposes, I'll pass along. Let's see. They asked Colt McCoy. They compared him to a Furby. I don't even <laughs> really know what that was. Um, and then uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Ionidas. Yeah, the, it was a decent joke. It was like Ionidas was like, most likely to contract his name as a disease. Like, oh, I'm sorry, you've been diagnosed with ionitis. <laughs> and then I thought this was kind of funny. Morgan Moses, they called him an upside down quest love. He's got <laughs> yeah, the, the beard that. instead of the afro. Yeah. I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> um, all right. And my final non-game related question, I'm going completely against your request to not talk about the uh, the flag <laughs> protest. The only reason might. The only reason I'm bringing it up, I won't go full flag protest on you, but I do have to ask specifically what you thought about your boy Dan Snyder being out there with with, with the team. <laughs> I feel like that's fair game from from Burgundy Blogcast. What yeah. did you think about oh, yeah, Snyder yeah, being no, out there? No, that is. And what did, and what did Redskins fans in general? What was your timeline saying about Dan Snyder being out there? Uh, I, I can't really tell what they're. You know, I think fans were wanting them to do something, and they did, and they kind of did something that it seems like several other teams did today, which was you know kind of just stand and, and arm in arm. And I, I think that's cool that he was out there. I think he was um, not about to waste the opportunity to to get a little. Um, well, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, he's he's not. You know, lately he's been pretty behind the scenes. So I, I guess I can't 
um, accuse him of, of just being an attention hound. But I think he knew, you know, like um, they kind of dragged their feet in, in releasing any sort of official statement about Trump's comments. And then I think he knew, like, OK, it's a Sunday night game. Everybody's watching. What are we going to do? Like, I, I better be out there with them. So, um, you know, that's good. He's, he's with the guys. I don't really know, you know. I, I think there's actually uh, kind of a mixed um, feeling about him uh, among the players. I mean, a lot of players over the last few years, even as he has been just proven himself to be a terrible owner, at least from a fan perspective, a lot of players, Clinton Portis, for example, have really sworn by him, and, and many others, actually. And a lot of a lot of guys have said he's, he's treated us right. I love him. Um, I don't really sense that the players hate him on average anywhere near as much as the fans do. I'm sure there's some guys that don't you know, love him, but – um, I, I think that was fine. I think it was good that, that, uh, you know, that he was with them, uh, one way or another. And, and, you know, definitely was a, was a big issue for the weekend. Um, I actually think you're right on that. You know, back in the day, it used to be the, what's the, the dumb, you know, off season move that Dan Snyder's going to make and talk about. And it was, you know, signing some huge old pro bowl guy for way too much money or whatever. But, uh, it's almost like he saw, you know, it's almost like he's a wannabe Mark Cuban now, where if I mean whatever, if you've decided you don't like Dan Snyder, then you're probably going to look at him as like a, a wannabe and like hanging with the the young cool football players to to seem cool. But I genuinely see, and we saw some of the bad side of it with RG three. I genuinely think he has tried to you know align himself with players, and and again maybe it's some something simple as giving them decent contracts or buying their dinners or whatever, but whatever it is, he doesn't seem to be as hated by, yep. um, by some of those guys as he does. I'd say one other thing I noticed that's, that's only, only sort of loosely um, uh, game or, or play related was that, uh, you know, in this game, which, which was just, you know, awesome from the beginning from Redskins fans point of view, um, being at FedEx field, even as, as the Redskins were kind of like dominating and taking the Raiders out of it, at least on the broadcast, those Raiders fans were loud the entire time. I and mean, every time there was a penalty, if it was on the Redskins, there were cheers. Like you would hear more cheers than booze. And so I don't know if it was just a pocket of them sitting next to the broadcast mic or what, but, um, yeah, that just was like, it didn't do much to dispel the narrative that, uh, that, that FedEx gets a lot of visiting, uh, fans. Yeah, no, I saw some pictures from Steinberg and some others. I mean, Raiders, it, for some reason, in, in my neck of the woods, it's always um, like Packers and Steelers fans are the biggest visiting fan bases that, that really can just take over. And sometimes Redskins even do a degree. Raiders not as much, but I think maybe, you know, in a bigger city like D.C., it, it can be even more of something. Um, and there's probably just a bunch of people coming out of Western Maryland who are Raiders fans. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, but no, it did look like that. And so, uh, even better, it's always fun to send those people home, uh, upset from, from a home game. Um, I'm going to have to go, I'm not going to do the research right now. We've run a little bit long, but I'm yeah. going to have to go look at the prime time record of the skins since we've started this podcast. And I've told you that it's just a myth that they're not good at prime time. It might time. be helping. Uh, you, you, you did have some solid numbers to back helping. you up. Yeah. No, I, they, I'm trying they've to. They've been historically atrocious, but, um, you know, for, for a while, like, they, you know, they had the big, they had that big breakout. I guess it was on, was it Sunday night or Monday night against Green Bay last year? And it was Cousins yep. with the, uh, you like that or how you like me now. And then, um, you know, and then, and then it was, and then there was kind of a drought, you know. Um, so this is, this is kind of a, another really big notch on his belt. Um, so, I mean, it, this was a big win. That was a good – it's early in the season. Perhaps the Raiders aren't quite as good as we thought, but they're a good team. And this was a high-exposure game, high-profile game. And he, he was, like, pretty close to flawless. So, can't take anything away from him. 
the Redskins seem to be improving into the season. I myself am actually watching games and not fixing drinks and drinking them during the podcast. So I am also working to improve as we continue to Burgundy blog it. Um, Anything else from you, Brent? If not, I'm going to close it out. Let's do it. For a late Sunday night primetime edition of the Burgundy Blogcast, that is Brent. I am Hayes. Thanks, as always, for listening to Burgundy Blogcast. Burgundy Blogcast is the official podcast of Burgundy Blog. On the Redskins, for the truth. (laughs) 